0: Yeah. Bobby.
1: So I think it's because tomorrow, um, my mom down. and I are gonna go to a farmer's market in the morning, <gasps> and then uh. after a farmer's market, we're going to go to I think it's called Don Hollow. It Don Hollows. Uh. Oh my god! It's it's literally so D A W N Hollows, like the Deathly Hollows. We're going to a town out in the middle of nowhere called Dawn Hollows, and we're gonna go to this like fall into like this fall pumpkin patch and get pumpkins. <laughs> I'm oh, so excited!
0: You are literally having my dream day tomorrow. Like yeah. my exact kink. Seriously. Nothing gets my pussy wetter than a farmer's market in a pumpkin patch. Like literally, Boom.
1: I think that's also why i was so just like i want to get home
0: <laughs> yeah because you have a wet ass bussy right now Fuck. Right. oh
1: Holos, my god I, okay please Idaho. send me
0: facetime me video chat me at the pumpkin patch tomorrow oh, just so i can it's, experience fall
1: i, I don't want to look at this too long it's either harrison hollow or it's highlands hollows
0: does not uh, matter or something
1: like that or Sherbrooke please, hollows Ooh. please love god
0: Send me pictures or video chat me tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll tell you. When we get to the the town, I'll tell you what the town was actually called. But it's something hollows. So I'm super excited.
0: (laughs) So while you're having this really wholesome fall day, I'm going to be putting on whore makeup and taking OnlyFans pictures tomorrow. (laughs) And then afterwards, going to Tyler's (laughs) birthday party. (laughs) So we're having a very different day tomorrow. (laughs)
1: Very different day. Tyler's birthday will be fun, though. He'll probably make it somewhat Halloween.
0: Oh, yeah. By the way, happy birthday, Tyler.
1: Happy birthday, Tyler.
0: Our number one fan. If you want to argue that, then um, go fight Tyler. If you want to argue
1: head. that, you lost.
0: <laughs> you fucking lost. He's our number one fan. Yeah. But happy birthday, Tyler. I remember the day you were born. I don't. Oh, I, I was like too. a couple months I old at there. that point. We were there. We were there in spirit and scissoring yeah. spirit fashion. We were there. But yes, I'm sure tomorrow will be fall. Um, speaking of fall, I have a very important thing to tell you. What? So you've seen Euphoria, right?
1: No. <laughs> i've only i know what it <sighs> is and i've watched i've like i've i've like watched 10 minutes of it and i know it's really good
0: it's like the greatest tv show ever but it makes you want to do fucking drugs it's it like makes a wanna...
1: crazy dr- dramatic like music video that's what it f- seemed like
0: it's the, yeah, it makes me want to do drugs like nothing else I've ever experienced in my life. Well, yes. this is now not as exciting. There is this character. Her name's Maddie. She's a total fucking baddie. She, she has the most beautiful slutty outfits in the world. And yes. she has this one outfit that she wears to the fair that's so wildly slutty. I'm in love with it. So I bought it. <laughs> so I bought <laughs> well, the what, outfit. What is
1: What's her name?
0: Just type in Euphoria Maddie Fair outfit. And I bought it in black because she has it in purple.
1: M-A-T-T-I-E?
0: It's like MADDIE, Maddie, Maddie euphoria. No,
1: MADDY. Oh yeah. I yeah. see it.
0: So I, so I bought it in black. So the original cuz I found the original like the people that designed it, I could have I could have purchased that for like a for a couple hundred, but I decided to get some knockoff pieces. So I found knockoff pieces of it that look identical and I'm pumped. So, yes, that is my exciting like fall it. thing cuz that's my new Halloween that's Halloween costume number 1 for me is Maddie from Euphoria. Halloween costume number 2 is sexy plague doctor. So, yeah,
1: sexy plague doctor.
0: Happy Halloween everybody.
1: Ooh, I should do some plague doctor stuff too. Maybe I'll just get a plague doctor mask and just not wear a shirt. There we go. You
0: should I'll send you the mask. I'm going to get off Amazon.
1: Okay, hell yeah. Send it to well, me. Let's get I'm started. sure That that's going to go out of stock in like two weeks
0: <laughs> yeah so buy now bitch it's like 30 bucks <laughs> yeah
1: man i actually need to buy that that's that's pretty that's real okay cool let's 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 start get our, started yeah that was a big intro because i'm going to start with my whole fall thing so yeah well
0: hi everybody hey <laughs> welcome to your favorite podcast anyways how's your sex life we are your spooky hosts i'm channa
1: and I'm Corey. I'm now looking and at happy, Halloween. Yeah, Happy <laughs> Halloween,
0: everybody! It's practically Halloween. Oh, it yeah, is. It's it definitely is definitely Halloween. <laughs> it's 100% Halloween. My titties are pumpkins. Are y'all at this getting point. a cold
1: front tomorrow? No, because no, we're I getting don't know. one right now.
0: I'm um, so. It was 86 degrees today, and I still wore a. No, fall but like, are you getting it tonight?
1: Anymore. You should look because like tomorrow, on top of it being a perfect outing I'm not. with my mom, it's also like the first time that it's really cold it's not
0: it'll be 75 tomorrow but sunday it'll be 66 so there we
1: go so you're just getting it a day later or like and half I'm, a day later
0: all next week will be in the 70s so yes. it's starting to go down yes, i bought a lot yes, of cute yes. fall clothes to wear to the warehouse and then back to my house because i am still social distancing as should you guys
1: yeah man but except anyways. for when we when i visit i guess mm-hmm. we're technically not social distancing.
0: that's true but I don't. But care. we're still because in our bubble. We're still in our social bubble, our, co- our COVID bubble. Okay. Well, any announcements?
1: Okay. So, announcement um, I started a job and Channa is moving. So, we did not yeah, get to watching the haunting. Uh, so, we're just going to do it on the 9th. So, you have until the 9th of October to do the haunting. We will also have a specific horror movie for October, which we will. Uh, announce for next week's episode on the second.
0: Yeah. Other than that, the only announcement I don't think we have any other announcements, which is surprising. Usually we have yeah. a couple announcements. Um happy Halloween.
1: Yeah, happy Halloween. <laughs> put, on,
0: put on your pumpkin pasties. Um, and I guess let's just fucking get started. Yeah man. So I'm gonna go first today because it's episode eighty and it's my segment, right? Yes. Or, yep. or is it your segment? Okay. No, it's yours. Okay. Let's get started. So, my spooky scoop today is on something I found from TikTok. So, thank you, TikTok. In fact, my next, like, eight spooky scoops are all from TikTok. So, thanks. Because I have officially reached spooky TikTok, and it's glorious. But my spooky scoop today is on safety coffins.
1: So, really quick. Yeah. How how can you still get on TikTok?
0: Because it's still around. It's like they made a deal with Trump, and, like... Oh, they, uh, they did it have, at the
1: last minute.
0: Yeah, they did it at the last minute. So now Oracle owns twenty percent and Walmart owns twenty percent. So basically, like the deal I think they came up with was that um TikTok has to have like a base in the United States and yeah, like, so they function in the U.S. Yeah, because I heard so they the company
1: that, that ran it was like, no, 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 no. We'll we'll like you know consolidate our running it in the US. So they did that? Or they at least yeah. like, were given a few months to do that or something?
0: Yeah, probably in the process of doing it. But regardless, like TikTok is safe. Thank God, because I love oh, wow.
1: it. Did you hear that I'm he's a- going after uh Fortnite and League of Legends?
0: Why? That's so, so weird. Well
1: no 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 because they're owned by this major, major company that is called Tencent and they, well, they own, own everything they own everything in the world yeah they own yeah. like so many they have a, or at least have like a stake in of like a, our big percentage in everything so it, this is just open this is just going to be a whole big thing for the next few years i'm sure is or well hopefully if if trump doesn't get elected but if he gets elected again this might be a whole thing because you know what tencent I actually, owns like a billion things
0: <laughs> i actually do have a very very important announcement With our podcast, we have a platform. You should definitely vote, everybody. If you are located in the U.S., you need to register to vote. It is your fucking duty because right now it is scary, y'all. It is scary. If Trump gets reelected, people like us are will be fucked so it is very important that everybody here votes so go make sure that you're registered your registration's up to date or if you've never voted before go register to vote and go vote it's so important everybody it's so fucking important go vote go vote just do it now just pause go vote just or just pause and go register right now that's 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 the announcement (laughs) for you guys
1: so fuck all that. Or not fuck voting, mm-hmm. but fuck, fuck all that stuff we <laughs> talked about before voting.
0: <laughs> Except safety coffins. So now let's talk oh, yeah, about let's safety talk about, coffins. Let's get
1: to Jana's damn fact. Let's
0: get to my motherfucking spooky scoop. So Duns Scotus was a philosopher in the Middle Ages who died suddenly on November 8th, 1308. So this is like way, way back. I oh. would, you know, this is a long time ago. Arrangements were were made and he was buried in a tomb. Some time passed and for whatever reason, his tomb was opened and they expected to see Scotus chilling in his coffin. But instead, they found Scotus outside of his coffin and his hands were nearly destroyed from trying to escape. Ew. So no one really knows if the story is real or not or if it's kind of like a legend. But either way, it scared the fuck out of people like me like this story currently scares me and then in the 17th century england another person is buried alive her name was alice blunden she passed the fuck out after drinking a bunch of poppy tea and then her poppy <laughs> tea was a wild concoction of opioids like her doctor described it, i wish yes. i wrote it down but it was like the most wild tea i've ever heard in my life yes, i was girl. like that girl is going ham hand bomb so yeah so she was tweaking you know d- drinking the poppy tea She passed the fuck up, passed the fuck out. She passed out so hard that a doctor thought she was dead. So her family made arrangements for her burial. um, And then two days later, she was laid in the ground, still passed the fuck out for like three days. And then children were playing near her grave, started hearing noises. Ew. So they called their schoolmaster, and he went to check the gravesite, and he found that Blunden was still alive. So he called for help, but it took another day to uh dig up her grave and like get her out of there but what's really sad is in that one day she died because it was too much because she ran out of oxygen so she Aww. was alive buried alive probably sitting in there for like a day freaking the fuck out finally had hope and then she died so the stories of people being buried alive horrified the living horrified everybody so much so that in 19 19- oh no it was not 1971
1: 1791
0: in 1971. So so much so in the 1970s, this happened so much so in the 1790s, Robert Robinson installed a removable glass pane above his head on his coffin. And then his coffin was placed in a mausoleum and he had watch guards 24 seven. And he instructed his family to have the watch guards check on the glass pane once a day at least once a day to make sure that he was actually dead. And if there was any sign of condensation from his breath, he had to be removed immediately. And then in 1792, Duke Ferdinand had his coffin include an air tube, um, a lock to the coffin lid that corresponded to the keys that he kept in his pocket, and a window to allow And What's freaky about this window is that Back in you know the 1790s, you could actually like look into his casket from the ground, <laughs> so you could like walk through a cemetery and look into like a window of glass on the floor That's and like in the ground and see his decomposing head. Um, it's still around to this day. You can go take a look at it, but because of time, you can't see a uh, a head anymore. But anyways, as time went on, Boo. more and more stories of you know came out of people being buried alive, and the fear of being buried alive was crazy and it peaked during the cholera epidemics of the 19th century newspapers were reported stories of people being buried alive doctors and scientists talked about it i mean it was everywhere it was peaking Peaking. then in 1844 edgar allen i'm peaking i'm peaking (laughs) everyone's like oh my god we need a (laughs) fucking solution to this being buried alive then in 1844, Edgar Allan Poe wrote The Premature Burial, which is a short story. So the uh, story focuses on the narrator's fear of being buried alive and what he does to prevent it. He makes friends promise they will not bury him alive. So, Corey, please don't bury me alive. Um, he doesn't stray oh, from will. his home. He builds a tomb with equipment allowing him to signal for help. Um, he he goes – like the whole short story is just – you know, making this fear of being buried alive even more real to the public. And this story blew the fuck up and people were shooketh. People were already scared before, but now the story came out and suddenly every single person was talking about their newfound biggest fear of being buried alive. It became, people were so shook that safety commons started becoming common. So before we had a few people here and there do safety commons, but now everybody wanted a safety coffin. So a safety coffin is basically a coffin which has a system in it to, one, alert people they're still alive, and, two, provide the necessary resources to survive. And throughout the 1800s, dozens of patents of safety coffins, most including feeding tubes, escape hatches, ladders, air tubes, tubes, and a coffin alarm, all happened. It was was popping off. Now, if you've seen The Nun, you know what a coffin alarm is. So a coffin alarm is a bell above a grave that can be rung from inside of the coffin. Basically, if you were alive and too weak to use the other safety coffin attachments, you would just start aggressively ringing the bell. <laughs> and if the bell rang, the cemetery watchman <laughs> would fucking shit think their think pants. I Patrick. Wee-woo. Wee-woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: my gosh.
0: These people, like, build these safety coffins, and here we are. We're like, remember Patrick from SpongeBob? So... <laughs> If the bell rang, the, c- the cemetery watchman would insert a tube into the coffin and pump air um, into the person, like, or into the coffin so they could breathe. Um, and then they would call for help to get people to dig up this this person who was still alive. Now, however this is spooky, yes. due to the process of natural decay, a swelling corpse Ew. could activate the bell system, which Ew. led to false coffin alarms. So you would walk through a cemetery or a graveyard and just hear all these bells ringing, and that's from the body swelling and decomposing. Now, despite the popular use of safety coffins and coffin alarms, there is no record of anyone actually being saved from a safety coffin. I have a really fun fact. Folk etymol- etymology... Sorry, I have like alcohol in my mouth. Um. Anyways... Fun fact. (laughs) Folk etymology has suggested that the phrases saved by the bell, dead ringer, and graveyard shift all come from safety coffins. Like saved by the bell because they were getting saved by the bell. Dead ringer because it's the bell. The whole thing. Now, as medicine and technology proved over time, the need for for safety coffins declined. However, in 1995, a modern safety coffin was patented by... Fabrizio Caselli. His design included an emergency alarm, an intercom system so you could talk to your family, which is terrifying. (laughs) You're, like, chilling in your kitchen and your fucking dead uncle talks to you. Um, A flashlight, breathing apparatus, and a heart monitor and a stimulator. What? But today, (laughs) the modern-day embalming process as practiced in so many countries, especially the northern America— for the most part, eliminated the fear of premature burial, but it is still out there. And if you want a safety coffin, you can still get one. And that is safety coffins, everybody.
1: Fun. Um I also can only think of the that the what with the grave dancing guys <laughs> or the coffin dancing guys.
0: <laughs> I don't know what you're talking
1: about. You know what I'm talking about. The uh bum 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 na You haven't seen this? I
0: no. don't know you t- is it on YouTube? Should I look yeah, it China,
1: up? China, China go to YouTube and type in grave dancing guys.
0: Grave dancing guys. Or just
1: type in coffin dance.
0: Okay. Compilation.
1: Coffin dance, coffin dance. Coffin dance compilation. <laughs>
0: Compilation. My phone auto-corrected the compilation to uh complication. Whoa. Is it the one with there's a lot, there's a lot Which, of uh, like cool... there's
1: a lot, just choose one, just pick it.
0: <laughs> okay, I chose one. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Do
1: you get the meme form already? Oh my Do you get the like the form of it?
0: This is funny.
1: Yeah, it's like it's a, it. It was like super big, like <laughs> oh
0: my god, at
1: the beginning of the year or like right after the World War Three jokes. That's
0: um, funny. I love really those big. World War Three jokes. Yeah, that's this is, amazing.
1: It's a really good, it's just like fun meme format. I like it. I love it. Um, I want these guys. They they would be fun. However, I don't know I how like appropriate that meme is at the same time because it's like it's a uh, those guys these guys are paid um, in a country in Africa. I don't know exactly where um, and they're just paid a lot of money to like dance uh, while they like carry someone's coffin around like
0: well, you better in do a procession. the procession. You better do the WAP dance at my funeral, or I'm fucking Yeah, right. Livid. Oh my gosh, that'd I'm gonna be so haunt cool. the fuck out of you if you don't. If you don't do the WAP dance, you're like 90. You're like,
1: I <laughs> <A> die <laughs> during the WAP oh, dance. <laughs>
0: cute death at a funeral.
1: Cute. <laughs> so my fact fact today is on Peter Ilyich Tchaikovsky. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. So y'all know Tchaikovsky? He's this renowned Russian composer. Uh, he was born in 1840 and lived till 1893, and turns out he's motherfucking gay. Oh. Yep. So he was the first Russian composer whose music made a lasting impression internationally, and he is widely known today for the 1812 Overture, uh, the Nutcracker, and Swan Lake. Okay. Oh, uh, the good. 1812 Overture is the one where it's like da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and they have the cannons going off. You know, oh, that yeah. one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. Um, he also uh, orchestrated and composed uh, a billion symphonies, concerts, operas, and ballets and stuff other than the ones that I named. But those are the three, the big three that you're going to know. The daddies. Um, when he first began showing a musical uh, aptitude at a young age, there was little opportunity in Russia to be able to do that, to go and learn music at this time in the when the Tsars were ruling and it was the 19th century. So he instead uh, studied to become a civil servant as he grew up. Luckily, he was able to pursue a music career and study it in 1862, so at the age of 22, with the founding of the St. Petersburg Conservatory. At the start of his career, Tchaikovsky was criticized for incorporating too many Western principles into his music. And this obviously, like went away over time as he got bigger and bigger internationally around the world um but this sort of plagued him for his whole life and sort of added to his depression that he already had um and that sort of like plagued him his entire life so he he never really quite thought he was a great a super great composer and was very critical and negative about the work that he made um, I'm not sure if that is a hundred percent correct throughout his entire life, but a, a good amount of the stuff that I was reading sort of alluded to that. but maybe they're being a little bit more dramatic, you know, just to make it more dramatic. I'm not super sure. Yeah. Um, the same, I'll get to this later, but the same goes with him being being gay. It, it, it was really unclear whether or not he was really beaten up about it or that's what caused him to be so d- uh, depressed once, you know, throughout his life. Um, when he was 44, he was even given a pension for the rest of his life by the current tsar, because of like you know his music and how great it had gotten and how much of a spotlight that put on Russia. So I think at the age of 44, until his death, like I think uh, nine years later or something like that, he basically was living it up and just like got paid just to exist.
0: Yes, <laughs> so, that's heck, goals uh, right there.
1: Goals right there. <laughs> be incredibly smart and talented to be able to compose music and then get paid by the government (laughs) so there is a debate over his influence of the influence that his homosexuality had on his music um and how much this has had an impact on his depression and his life that i talked about um so again with that with this of him being gay and whether or not that affected his music and whether or not that made him depressed um, which affected his life and his music is still all up in the air. I think you could go anywhere and get evidences that it was, and then evidences that it wasn't. You know, who who knows? You know, there's even people that think he's not gay, but that is there is evidence, specific evidence that he is. <laughs> so they're
0: like, bitch, he's fucking gay. Yeah, <laughs> stop it, straight people. Geez, they were not roommates; they were in love.
1: The fact that he's homosexual has even been omitted from records due to russian government people getting their hands on documents and things that he has written and destroying them or not letting them out this has gone this basically has lasted even till present day yesterday or whatever um, and even in 2013 uh, there was a government official who publicly like went out you know and was like he didn't come out sorry he wasn't gay but he publicly came out and was like Aww. hey you know, Tchaikovsky is not gay. He was never gay. It's a lie. People who say that he's homosexual, blah, 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 Um, blah. People are
0: like, okay. Yeah,
1: this is literally outright (laughs) homophobia. Um, There are personal journals and letters to his brother from Tchaikovsky to his brother, um, who his name is Modest Tchaikovsky.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Can you not hear your name was Modest? Fuck. (laughs) right,
1: um m-o-d-e-s-t i think yeah modest modest however you pronounce that i'm russian. gonna go with modest yeah, right. wear your
0: short sleeve shirts girls
1: <laughs> so yeah so uh there are like personal letters of tchaikovsky talking to his brother uh about him being gay and stuff like that that we have factual like is that empirical evidence of and so it just in 2013 in russian Official was just so homophobic that he was like, No, Tchaikovsky's not gay. You can't take that from us. And it's like, We're not taking anything from you. We're just telling you that he's gay.
0: He's fucking gay. <laughs> calm the fuck it. down. All
1: right, calm They're down. like,
0: By the way, we now believe that you're gay because you're saying this. So <laughs> right? Because you're you lost. so against
1: this, and nobody was asking in 2013 that yeah. question. <laughs> no
0: one was like, Sir, I think that Tchaikovsky's gay. Like, that's not a topic. That's not a relevant right? topic right like, now.
1: People were searching, like, what does the fox say in gangnam style like
0: and he's like but did I also mention that Chaikovsky's not gay we're like oh, okay well what does the fox say exactly
1: <laughs> it says you're gay
0: yeah the fox says that you're gay sir. You're gay, so Chaikovsky was also gay so <laughs> fuck you sir opa gangnam style eh. right so
1: he so he also like even though he would talk to his brother about being gay and stuff like that Tchaikovsky still kept his sexuality just like down low, undercover, and stuff like that. Um, he even at one point had a crazy short-lived marriage where he lived with the woman for two and a half months. And they just like, there just reports and accounts are that it was just horrible, uh, both psychologically and physically. Uh, so there's probably some bad crap going on there. But it, like, it seemed like it was both ways, like that it was just like just total, they just did not get along and they hated each other. And so oh. they, they basically, after two and a half months, broke up. And Tchaikovsky was a bachelor for the rest of his life. Um, his first love was reportedly uh, Sergei Kurev, a young fellow Ooh. student at his empiric, Imperial School for Jurisprudence. <laughs> Wait, let me say that again. <laughs> let me, give, me, give me one more okay. try. Okay. <laughs> he was a fellow student at the Imperial School of Jurisprudence that that and that is a like school for boys that he grew up in uh in something oh like that. Yeah. you know
0: what da- you know what went down oh
1: right oh my shit gosh. went
0: down yeah. <laughs> there
1: so according to modest his brother uh this was uh tchaikovsky's uh quote strongest longest and purest love end quote oh so
0: that's sweet that's such a pretty way yeah to say it strongest um, longest and purest love Ugh.
1: yeah longest and purest that's cute i like that i like that that's it's very touching. I shouldn't use the word cute because I use it too much. Um, so throughout his life, he had a few romances, but nothing really interesting that I can find other than that particular note that Modest made about the dude. Um, so he did try marrying another friend who was his basically just like his like best girlfriend. Um, and and he there are reports of him noting that he really did try to make this happen because it was the only woman that he ever truly loved, and that's like almost a Aww. quote that's like paraphrasing him. Um Aww. throughout his life Jack Kowski was significantly depressed and it got worse as he never truly thought he was super great as i mentioned earlier um people also think that homosexuality had a had a thing with this but then there's a whole debate on whether or not he was one of the people that was like i'm like fucking gay and i don't need to like make a point of it but like i am and it doesn't bother me cuz i've always been this way um but then yeah. other people think that it had you know reasons to for him to be depressed i think modest did report that i mean of course he had his problems with it but that in the end tchaikovsky really had like a pragmatic approach to it of like well this is who i am and i've always been this way yeah. um basically yeah there's just really no telling whether or not he was super beat up about it or just normally like you know oppressed by it because of society and stuff like that and there's obviously depression that would come with that um or whatever but uh, th- I'm saying this because, because his final work, which was his sixth symphony, which is noted to be the pathétique, <laughs> did not say yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, the pathétique. <laughs> um, it was per- performed for the first time nine days before his death on November sixth of 18- eighteen eighteen ninety three. So this piece was then played a couple weeks later. To which many people listened to it with the intent to find like hints or omens or some connections to his death. Um, and it and it was eventually just believed that this piece uh was linked to him uh committing suicide. So um the official statement was that he died of cholera. So hey, like connection to what you were talking about, you were talking about. Um and it is even most white it is like not maybe widely but at least I would say there's a good 50 50 again between people thinking that he died of cholera um and it, it people believe that he literally just went to one of his local restaurants that he would always go to to eat and they didn't boil some water and so he got cholera from it and so he basically you know shot himself to death God and what a
0: shitty death no yeah pun that would
1: yeah that would be horrible like, how people think this is if you listen to this piece it is 49 minutes long or something like that and the last like four to five minutes it basically will like sort of crescendo into this like grand stuff and then diminish away and get really quiet and then just sort of uh and sort of like deconstruct and just sort of diminish into like low rumbling noise or silence and then come back and be like you know like go up and down and stuff like that yeah and the whole piece is very very pretty and it does all this stuff and it's very grand and uh intense and stuff but the last like five minutes does this and it's a little weird and and it's definitely noteworthy um and so people think that this is just him like you know going off and talking about his death and stuff like that and alluding to the fact that he wants to commit suicide or or die or stuff like that um so there's a good uh there's a so people do think in fact that he did commit suicide especially because uh dying of cholera takes a bit um from the you know like You know 60 second um dissertation that i did on it you know on wikipedia a few days ago Um, (laughs) (laughs) i
0: also looked up cholera a few days ago on wikipedia yeah but cute (laughs) but you die it's not like insta-death but you 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 will like you you
1: you take some days to die yeah yeah you you take some time to die i mean and it was nine days after this but people still think it was really sudden for him to just go quiet and die So, yeah, that's why people think it was a suicide. He also dedicated this piece to his nephew and sent it to him. And there's like a little personal note that has like people always quote of him basically sending it to his nephew and being like, hey, this is dedicated to you because I love you and like, you know, shit like that. You're my nephew. Um, yeah. but he also is like, but this is also just like, just for you. And I don't mean anything by this. And it's actually sort of shitty. I think it, basically like paraphrasing him, he's like, it has no meaning or merit or worth other than being dedicated to you, blah, blah, blah. It's sort of like, a, okay, that's weird. Um, yeah. but then people also the, the, think, the oh, nephew's
0: sorry. like, cool. He's like, cool. <laughs> when thanks, he gets to bro. know. Well, me. no, they were
1: actually very close and it was a very like, like mentor pupil sort of thing going on there. I don't know exactly with composing or whatever, but it it was. And also people do think that this was literally a love letter to his nephew, like a literal love. Um, I don't think that they did anything. Uh, I didn't see any like claims of that, but people do think that Tchaikovsky literally fell in love with his nephew like romantically Oof. but didn't do anything about it I guess I don't know I didn't want to I didn't feel like I needed to dive into that <laughs> Ah,
0: yeah let's just like roll past that little fact <laughs> yeah exactly
1: just. right so yeah so that is Tchaikovsky um, he gay he he gay. Is definitely a did not man. love his nephew yeah. definitely just... hopefully did not love love his nephew
0: yeah just like regular love nothing like yeah. uh, just really? regular
1: love just regular, um, yeah, and I love the Nutcracker. It's awesome. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it. Uh, oh my god! Like of course, four this or dude's five gay. Times in
0: real life. It's really this, good. the the fucking play is called the Nutcracker. Of right, course, like this gay. dude is fucking gay. Come on. Oh, that, that should have been my
1: my fag effect. Peter Ilyich yeah. Tchaikovsky, Nutcracker, G- gay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Plus Nutcracker equals gay. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Uh, I love it. Yes. Well, um, there's a motorcycle in the background oh, right now. Oh my God, I them. can hear it. So, yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Don't <It's>, worry. <laughs> and they're like screeching in the parking garage. Like their penis, their teeny little peepees are like, wow, right now. It's a disaster. One oh, yeah. Me. Thanks, Subarus and motorcycles of Provo. Thanks. Thanks a lot, everybody. Now I'm moving to the big city, to Salt Lake City. Nice. Oh. Okay. Well, today my segment is on Mary Vincent and i have to tell you this is going to be a, a roller coaster of emotions for you guys yes. but it's really cool so i wanted to talk about it um i have i was actually originally going to do a, another segment and i was already in the middle of researching it but then i was on tiktok and i heard someone talk about this and like jaw to the floor and i was like fuck i need to do this segment instead Ooh. so now we're doing Mary Mary Vincent So Mary Vincent was born in 1963, and she grew up in Vegas. Yes. She was the middle child, and she had six siblings. It was a huge family. Her dad was a slot machine repairman. Her mom was a car (laughs) dealer. They met. They fell in love. And the majority of her childhood was normal. She was a kind bright happy just beautiful girl and she completely fell in love with dance and she knew that it was her life goal to become a professional dancer she danced all around the world from california to hawaii to australia like you kind of name it she she danced there and her dream started to come true then everything changed because her parents filed for divorce and suddenly her behavior started changing because she was a young teenager when her parents filed for divorce. So she started, you know, ditching class, acting out of school, ran away with boyfriends, um, acted out towards her parents, all of the classic young teenager reactions to their parents getting a divorce that you could imagine happen, did happen. Um, Her dad also had a temper. And so she frequently left the house and started hitchhiking and sleeping in the streets, all that type of stuff. I mean, this was the seventies and she was a teenager So like hitchhiking and shit like that was normal at the time, Um, but definitely the divorce and her dad's temper 100% changed the way that she was on track to be. She was, you know, she was going through it and it was easy to run away. It was the 70s. One day, her sister told her that their dad was coming home. He was really angry at Mary, so she had to leave. Mary took off. She was like, fuck it. I'm just going to hitchhike from Las Vegas to her grandpa's house in Los Angeles Um, She made it to Berkeley on September 29th, 1978. So Mary was hitchhiking near a highway with two other teens. A blue van rolled up and the window started to roll down. An old man was sitting in the driver's seat. He looked at Mary and he told her, you remind me so much of my daughter. Whatever old man voice is. (laughs) He asked her where she was here you remind me so much of my daughter he asked her where she was going she told him the interstate 5 because she wanted to get to Los Angeles he said he was going to that direction and he could take her but only her the two Ooh. other teenagers immediately felt that something was off <laughs> one like why... they like
1: both do the the, the puppet like eye look
0: <laughs> right so like yeah like for real they're so, like what the fuck is going on the puppy eye look <laughs> Like, number one, why the fuck is this old man driving by himself in a giant van saying he only had a room for one? And, like, number two, why is he fucking so creepy? Like, these two teenagers were immediately creeped out, as they should be. Yeah. So they told Mary not to go. They were like, girl, what the fuck? This is obviously a sketch situation. Like, don't go. We should all go together just to be safe because safety in numbers. But Mary was exhausted from uh hitchhiking she hitchhiked all the way from vegas to berkeley she was done she just wanted to get back on the road she wanted to get done with it so she can go hang out with her grandpa yeah and this was an old dude like this is an old white guy who pulled up in a like a relatively crappy van and was like you remind me of my daughter like he he did not seem threatening at all so she got into the van if
1: an old man said that like if that's his opening line that's so oh fuck
0: no i would whip out my taser and my pepper spray so fast i'd be like i don't give a shit if i kill you old man shoot him with the
1: taser Like yeah
0: i like taser him as i pepper spray him and like stab him in the neck i'd be like bitch yeah that's because
1: even though you're the one hitchhiking
0: right like this is because mary did not grow up with id channel and an anxious mother so she got into the car His name is Lawrence Singleton. So she got into Lawrence Singleton's car, and they took off. And at first, the drive seemed just like every other hitchhike experience. But then, Lawrence told her that he needed to make a stop at his house in San Pablo to drop off laundry. And after that, they would head towards Interstate 5. She you know, rightfully thought that was weird because that's weird as fuck. But at this point she didn't have a reason not to trust him. So she was like, okay, like, I guess that's fine. That is on the way. It's not like we're going crazy like, out yeah. of the way. Like, okay, that's li- fine. Whatever. So they stopped at his house. Everything was normal. He dropped off laundry, picked up new clothes. Nothing seemed out- odd at all. He was keeping up with that light conversation, just trying to make her feel at ease. Um, they got back on the road and Mary fell asleep. She woke up a few hours later, and she realized that they passed interst- the Interstate 5 on-ramp. Um, so she looked at Lawrence, who seemed completely unaware that they passed the on-ramps. And then that's when Mary had a really bad feeling. Oh, my God. So she looked down next to her, and there was a stick that was conveniently like right next to her hand. So she grabbed the stick, and then she pointed it at his neck. And she said, yes. turn the fuck around. He apologized. He was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry I missed that interstate. Like, I really didn't mean to. I just completely zoned out. You were asleep. Like, I am so, so sorry. I didn't want to scare you. Like, let me just turn around right now. So he went, so he got off. (laughs) I know, right? Just fucking kill him now. So he got off the whatever highway he was on. He circled back and he got back to interstate five. Mary started to relax and the car ride continued. And after some time, Lawrence pulled over to go pee and Mary decided to step out and stretch her legs. When she bent over to tie her shoes, Lawrence struck her across the head. What? She fell to the ground, and she looked up at him and he pulled out a hammer and he beat her and he beat her and he beat her. He then threw Mary into his van, tied her hands behind her neck, and he told her not to scream or he'd kill her, and she had a she had to obey him if she wanted to live. He then a uh, trigger warning for a sexual assault. Um, He then stuck his penis inside of her mouth, forced her to give him oral sex. He then ripped off her clothes, like ripped them like an animal, and raped her until she passed out. Hours passed, and Mary woke up to Lawrence dragging her into a canyon. As soon as she was fully aware of her surroundings, Lawrence forced her to drink a mysterious liquid like it was obviously like drugs of some sort that made her pass out and then raped her and sodomized her repeatedly she woke up again a few hours later this time to lawrence dragging her 50 yards from her van like next to a highway she came to and she begged and begged and begged to let to be let go she begged to be free and right when she said can i please be free he stopped and he looked at her and he untied her hands Thinking she was free, she began to move, and that's when she noticed the hatchet. Uh-huh. So she started fighting, because Mary's a fucking badass. She started fighting, but he held her down and raised the hatchet to the sky and then chopped off her left hand. What? She was paralyzed with fear and shock, but completely conscious. Like She 100% felt, she felt this entire pain. She felt all of this. And then with five hatchet swings per arm, he cut off both of her forearms as she was just sitting there, completely conscious, realizing what was happening to her. And after that, after he chopped off her arms, he lifted her naked and dying, bloody body and hucked her over the side of the road down a ravine. And her body toppled down three miles down the hill while he yelled, you are free now. Thinking that she was dead, he drove off. But he was wrong because Mary Vincent was still fucking alive. Jeez. So she waited she made it to the bottom of the hill and she waited until she heard the sound of his tires like screech in the car drive away. And as soon as she felt like it was safe, she rolled her bloody elbows in mud to slow down the beating the bleeding and then put her hands in the air to continue to slow down the bleeding. She didn't want to bleed out. She then hiked up the three-mile ravine following the sounds of cars to get back to the highway, and then finally she made it to the highway. She stood at the highway, completely naked, covered in blood and mud, with her arms that were hatcheted off, like, in the air. Obviously, it looked like a horror scene, and a car drove by, and they stopped to see if she needed help. And but at the sight of her appearance, they drove away. What? Because they were so horrified at what she looked like. Oh my gosh, that's
1: us, though. I'd be like, I'm scared.
0: I'd be like, Corey, you're a fucking bitch. We're going back. (laughs) So she walked. And she walked. And she walked. She walked for a total of three miles down the highway.
1: What? Begging for people
0: to stop. And finally, a car stopped. And it was a nice couple. And they pulled over. They were obviously horrified at the scene and all Mary could say was he raped me and then she collapsed into their car. Uh. So the couple wrapped her in towels and they had like a bunch of like blankets and shit in their car and they rushed her to the hospital. Mary spent a month in the hospital and during that time was able to give police a detailed description of the man, his house, his car, every detail they could possibly know about everything. Through her description, they were able to draw a sketch and release it to the media, and it wasn't long until Lawrence's neighbor called the police. Police arrived at his house in San Pablo and searched it, and they found Mary's cigarettes and remnants of burnt clothing that belonged to Mary. Um, His car was already cleaned, the carpet removed, seats replaced, the whole thing. He told police, they, they arrested him, they questioned him. He told police that he did pick up Mary that night. Uh, But afterwards, he picked up two male hitchhikers named Larry and Pedro, and they all stopped at a bar, smoked pot, and then they had sex with Mary because Mary was a prostitute. After, he said he passed out, and Larry and Pedro conveniently took his van to San Francisco, but Mary was gone. So basically, he tried to blame Mary, say she's a prostitute. That's why any of his, like, semen would be inside of her. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he wasn't the one who did it. He passed out. It was these mystery characters, Larry and Pedro, who were obviously made up. Police obviously didn't buy it. He was still charged for the, the, you know, the attempted, the assault and the attempted murder of Mary Vincent. So during the trial, Mary testified against him and gave a detailed report of the assault. And after she was done, she had to walk past Lawrence to get to her seat. And he stopped and he told her. I'll finish the job if it takes the rest of my life. He said that to her. Are you kidding? What
1: an evil person.
0: (laughs) It gets worse. So the jury found him guilty and they convicted him of kidnapping, mayhem, attempted murder, forcible rape, sodomy, and forced um, oral. He received the max sentence, but for that time, it was only get ready. 14 years. Oh, my gosh. That's it. Oh, my For chopping gosh. up a girl's arms. Oh, my gosh. Raping her, drugging her, kidnapping her, you name it. 14 years. The presiding wow. judge was fucking pissed. That's, like, what? That pissed. was
1: four separate... That is the accumulation of four separate, like, prosecutions or whatever you would say?
0: Yeah. Accounts? 14 years. That's it. The judge was oh pissed gosh. about it because he, he gave lawrence the max sentence but he was fucking upset and he said in quotes if i had the power i would send him to prison for the for the rest of his natural life obviously because he fucking deserves it says the judge so it's good who to, has the power yeah said the judge yeah because the judge doesn't have the power but since he did since he if he had the power he would put him away forever understandably people were shooketh at his sentence the outrage at his sentence um, resulted in legislation supported by Mary Vincent, which prevents the early release of offenders who have committed a crime in which torture is used. Um, in 1987, Singleton's parole um, led to passage of California's Singleton Bill, which carries a 25 years to life sentence. So that's like a little side note. So like legislation was made because of this.
1: Oh, good, good, Because good, good, good. people
0: were fucking pissed because this sentence is fucking ridiculous. So basically like people that are convicted for anything remotely similar to what Singleton did, um, would be, would have to serve at least 25 years. Oh, okay. Um, Mary Vincent, but you know, he was already sentenced, so he's, he still got 14 years. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. Mary Vincent won a $2.5 million civil judgment against Singleton, but she was unable to collect it because he's unemployed in poor health and only had $200 to his name. Now, even though her assaulter was put behind bars, even though it was for 14 years, but we're going to go past that fact for a second, even though she did survive, she did not feel like a survivor. After the attack, she fell into a deep depression. She had hopes and dreams of becoming a dancer, but her reconstructive surgery rendered her unable to dance ever again. Like They had to take all of this muscle and fat from her legs to go to her arms. Like She was ruined like her she could never fulfill those dreams that she had she had to relearn how to do everything she had to relearn how to do the most basic activities and with her prosthetics her entire life was changed she suffered from relentless nightmares and had a difficult time maintaining relationships and I have in quotes from Mary he destroyed everything about me my way of thinking my, my way of life holding on to innocence and I'm still doing everything I can to hold on because she was so fucking traumatized. I mean, look what happened to her. Could you imagine if you were hitchhiking and then beat over the head, beaten, raped, drugged, your arms chopped off, raped, like thrown down a fucking ravine for three miles, hiked out of a ravine, naked, bloody, with chopped off arms. People drove by and looked at you, and fi- and it took three miles of walking for someone to even stop. I mean, fuck. She went through shit that I can't even
1: Dang, yeah.
0: begin to understand. Now, knowing that he was going to be out in her lifetime made her fearful for her life, especially since he threatened her in court that he was going to finish the job. So she lived every single day in constant fear of his return. She moved from place to place. She couldn't hold down a job. And because of it, she eventually filed for bankruptcy. Like her entire for years and years, her entire life was seriously affected from this fucking evil psychopath. But one day, everything changed for her. She was able to accept that her life would never be what she thought it would be. She decided to accept that every dream she had, every every, every ambition, everything was gone. And she had to embrace herself and her story. She had to accept it. Aww. That's the only way she can possible, possibly have her life. Um, and then she went on to marry, and then divorced a dude named Tom. Their marriage didn't last long. Um, She ended up having two beautiful sons. She attended the University of Nevada in Las Vegas. And then she found a new passion. She discovered that she was really good at drawing and art. And her art opened up this whole new world to her. And that actually gave her the courage to stand strong. And she, because of that, because of her art, because of her children, she used to see herself as a victim. But then she became a survivor and a victim's advocate. And she became strong and courageous. But then Lawrence was released early from prison. What? And that forced her to go back into hiding. After only eight years of his fourteen year sentence, oh he was released God. for parole on good behavior. Oh my <laughs> God. On fucking good behavior. And he moved to Florida. He registered with the police, but local law enforcement did not have to notify the neighbors of his crimes. So no one knew who he was or what he did to Mary Vincent. What? Until February 19th 1997 it was late afternoon mid-February a house painter right next to Lawrence's house was you know painting painting a wall I don't know what the fuck he's doing doing whatever house painters do paint then the painter started hearing a really weird noise and like he felt like he was hearing muffled screams from Lawrence's house so he turned around to look and as he turned and he looked inside of Lawrence's like living room window. He could not believe what he was seeing because he was seeing a naked man covered in blood repeatedly stabbing a naked woman. What? He stood there in <laughs> shock until the sounds of the knife hitting her bones and her screams like shook him back to reality. And he dropped the paint, paint went everywhere. He ran aside, called the police. Police rolled up just a couple minutes later and they found Lawrence standing over. 30-year-old Roxanne Hayes naked and bloody body. Roxanne Hayes was a mother of three, young, beautiful. Um, She was a prostitute. And so Lawrence tried to use that as an excuse as why he killed her. Um, and he tried to tell police that she agreed to meet him for $20. Um, and they ended up getting into a fight because she stole money from him and attacked him. So therefore, it was all self-defense. But obviously, that was a fucking lie due to the The intensity of the assault and what the painter saw. So he was arrested and he went on trial for the murder of Roxanne Hayes. And Mary Vincent was forced to come out of hiding to testify against him. So Mary Vincent, again, had to face her assaulter, her attacker, knowing that he just took a life of another woman. Yeah. So Mary told the jury about her assault and how the system failed Roxanne. If laws had been passed, or sorry, if the law had been less lenient, then Lawrence Singleton would have never been released and Roxanne Hayes would still be alive. I mean, he fucking raped Mary dozens of times, drugged her, kidnapped her, dropped, chopped off her arms, and threw her over a over a cliff down a ravine, and he only served eight years. Like, come on. Like, the legal system failed Mary, but they really failed Roxanne. Because if they had a harder sentencing, Roxanne would have been alive. Her kids would have had a mother. Mary would have been able to move on with her life. It was the system's fault.
1: I hope she was able to say something like that.
0: She did. Like, she said a bunch of shit like that. Because she was like, like, y'all are the – like, he's guilty, but so is the system. Like, the system is the reason why Roxanne is murdered. So is he obviously. But anyways, after only four hours, the jury found him guilty, and he was given the death sentence. So Lawrence Singleton finally got what he deserved, but the tragedy of it all is that it took another life to do it. Like, again, like I said, if he was given a longer sentence for the assault like he should have, Roxanne Hayes would still be alive today. A few years later in 2001, Lawrence died from cancer, and Mary has had to live her entire life in guilt and fear and depression her entire fucking life was affected from this monster and for roxanne hayes her three children are now affected forever because of this monster and because of the legal system that we have and that we had in the 70s and that is the story of mary vincent damn boom it's sad
1: but that's nice that she like found some you know solace in all of it
0: yeah and was able to I, Yeah. It. it's just so it just makes me so heartbroken though that it's like like she already went through all of that she was so scared of him coming after her and then like he ended up killing another woman it's just yeah like, man like she Roxanne Hayes should be alive she should be alive to this day and it was just the laws of the time that made it so she eventually got murdered and that's just so fucking sad and that's horrific so, to me yeah
1: that's so sad too she had like three children she was just out trying to get money
0: just trying to help her and her family survive. And yeah. he took advantage of that and murdered her. It's really sad. That's so, sad. yeah. That's. Anyways. It's a whirlwind of emotions. Because she gets kidnapped. But then she survives. And then he gets out. And then he kills somebody. It's just like, oh, my God. It's so up and down. But. Yeah, that's the story of mary vincent and if you go ahead online and you type in like very mary, mary vincent art you can see all the art that she does some of her art goes for a couple thousand dollars it's really cool it's really fun Apparently. so she's been able to make the most out of her life that she could that someone in her situation could possibly do out of all the trauma that she endured so go mary vincent she's a fucking hero
1: yeah go her wait i'm looking but, at her fuck. art well that's really pretty
0: yeah she's good anyways how's your sex life Corey?
1: mine's good just like super busy like but like really just work work out come home eat then do writing that's pretty much it and then like watch a movie and go to bed that's it that's what i do it's my life
0: well fun it's fun
1: <laughs> yeah it's fun i did it last weekend um, didn't really do anything super interesting, but I mean, it's been interesting to like learn a new job and get involved there and do that tomorrow yeah. as we started with this podcast, I am going to have a really fun weekend, but yeah.
0: Oh, what are you doing this weekend?
1: Um, that remember tomorrow we're going on the,
0: oh yeah, you're doing the hall, the, the, the fall, the fall stuff, fall Halloween stuff. Yeah. Um, fun, I guess, I'm so jelly. Yeah. That's last so
1: time or since our last episode recording, we did have our weekend.
0: We saw each other. Yeah. Everybody It was glorious. It was, super fun. It was beautiful. It was <sighs>
1: super pretty because it was like there was a fire over the hill that was across that the lake in front of us. <laughs> so it was like super summery all day, but then like it was super. It got like more and more smoggy and smoky, and so we could see the sun was like a perfect like Miami Vice like super just beautiful. Oh, totally huge orange like circle in the sky. And then it got, like, dark and it got a little cold, so it was, like, super uh, spooky and fall. foggy and fall. It was really cool. And it was like, we were, and like, we, in, on a beach overlooking a lake. It was really cool.
0: And we experienced a Karen who threatened to call the <laughs> fire department and police on us if we were Within, to like,
1: five minutes of getting there. Yeah. Of us
0: getting there. Yeah. It was hilarious and amazing so yes we almost got cops called on us for um doing nothing it was great yep. but so we ended up not camping we just went to an airbnb but it was super fun we walked around boise uh and it was just so fun seeing Corey because yeah. i miss him so much y'all
1: that was a fun weekend that was not this past weekend but the weekend before that
0: yeah it was a blast
1: but yeah ever since then it's been work 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 like, yeah for uh, me i
0: I got approved for a new apartment in yes. Salt Lake. So I'm really, really excited. I went and saw it today and it's beautiful and I love it. So, so my lease in Provo ends on Halloween. So my game plan is to move all of my Provo stuff to the Salt Lake apartment about two weeks before Halloween. So I have time to like clean the Provo place and like move out and get comfy. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm really pumped that I got approved of this place. It's beautiful. Corey has a room for whenever he comes and visits. When he's not there, it's Simone's bedroom. I'm getting her, like, a whole bed. (laughs) So she's going to be very spoiled. But I I love it. So that's pretty much the big thing in my life because after um, we got back from Idaho, I worked like crazy. But then this past week, I've just been packing, like, a total crack whore. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. It's not too much to say. Just a lot of, you know – packing oh i've been watching legend of Korra. i'm done with season. i'm yeah i just finished season three. Awesome.
1: Oh yeah for the oh, first time oh so you uh do you like azir or whatever his name is zaheem
0: oh Zahim. yeah yeah so this him. is uh, so i like season two is just so epic because of vatu and like the fight at the end of season oh, yeah, two crazy. is like my mi- is like mind-blowing So season three just didn't feel as crazy to me just because season two was so fucking like season two should have been almost season four. It was that epic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I still I
0: still loved it. And like I love that the air nations like getting back together or like there's new airbenders. Like, I, it was it was a really good season. I loved it. But I definitely did not like it as much as season two. Because season two is just, like, every episode was, like, holy fuck, I can't believe this is happening. This is yeah, wild. Yeah, that,
1: that's, like, it's, like, the most fantastical one where you're, like, oh, this is where I wanted the first series to go. Like, this is where I wanted yeah. Aang's stuff to go is get this, like, crazy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, get this like spiritually crazy. Yeah, but I really did like season three though. It was it had a lot of fun character development for everybody. I really did love it. I'm really pumped for season four. I'm excited to see some major bisexual vibes go down. Yes, <laughs> so. they,
1: they're not major. They they damn The it. last the last like half is half gets a little heavy. Um, fun. but yeah, it's not crazy major. Don't get your hopes super up.
0: my hopes are already but you can see it
1: you can read it there's definite lines i would actually say in the third season there's a couple instances where when i watched it a second time i was like oh i can see some of that happening
0: yeah yeah and they're just so i love it it's really good i still think the first series you know with ang he's my favorite because of zuko definitely um but i fucking love it and i You know, when I saw Zuko with his dragon, I like teared up (laughs) in season three. And then when Korra... Talks to Zuko about um, how she saw Iroh, and he's like, you talked to my uncle? I was like, oh, God, because I love Iroh so much, and I just love Zuko. Like, Zuko and Iroh will always be my face. Yeah, they're the best. So it was really fun seeing them in season three, like season two and season three. I loved it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm loving Korra. I'll be done with it in like two days, I'm sure, because it's such a fast watch.
1: Is season but two really where you fun. see uh, you Iroh, Iroh. Yeah, in the spirit yeah. room, or is that season three where he does? So
0: he- you. S- you see it in spirit in season two, in season and then two, yeah. you see Zuko in season three, and you're like ah when you see Zuko because yeah. it's just like an old man. Then they then he turns around, and you see the scar, and then he walks to a dragon, and you're like oh my god, it's fucking Zuko, oh. and he's a dragon. Ah, it's so cool.
1: That's cute. Yeah, I love, I love those series. I like I like all of them. I think they're good. I mean, yeah, I well, love it. Yeah, the Aang one is perfect, but
0: yeah, it's it's perfect. Except for Katara, she wins a lot. Well, yeah, we don't (laughs) talk about Katara. Anna should have been Katara and Zuko at the end, number one. Yeah, true. Very true. It really should have been at the but whatever. But Korra's fun, and it's it's way – I'm actually – I keep on asking Jordan, like, this was on Nickelodeon because it's so much darker. Yeah. Especially, like, at the end of season one when Iman's um, brother, like, (laughs) and him commit suicide on the boat. I was like
1: (laughs) –
0: I was like, seven-year-olds watch this? My, like, I'm shook that it was on Nickelodeon.
1: One of my favorite, like, actually, I think probably maybe my favorite moment of all the avatars, all of them, both series, is when Korra loses her bending and then Aang says, only at our lowest point are we open to the greatest uh, change
0: when he said that
1: like that gets me every time i just start bawling
0: <laughs> oh <it's laughs> that, so good. that's probably, what, that that's probably my favorite
1: moment ever in all of the series i think that is just the cutest and most beautiful well not cutest. it's like the most beautiful thing
0: yeah it's so good so i'm loving it so that's my life packing and cora and i fucking love it and yes. yeah that's pretty much my whole my whole thing yeah so uh anyways house your sex life bye Bye guys see you next week happy halloween